a lot of people say it's not what you know that counts it's who you know it's bollocks it's who knows you oh yes i like that yep it's who knows you that's important. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. You're listening to my friend, Ash Roy. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Welcome to ProductiveInsights.com. This is Ash Roy. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Today, I'd like to invite a very accomplished Google AdWords expert who I met at the Superfast Business Live conference in March 2015, Mike Rhodes, the founder of WebSavvy.com.au, that's spelled W-E-B-S-A-V-V-Y.com.au. Mike's story begins in 1999 with having read the book called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. He became an E-Myth consultant and found that all small businesses had one problem in common, and that is they needed more customers. So in 2004, he saw a presentation by Perry Marshall about Google AdWords, which he found to be transformational, much like I found Mike's presentation on Google AdWords at the Superfast Business Live conference last month. And since attending that talk, Perry Marshall, uh, since attending that talk with Perry Marshall, Mike has mastered Google AdWords and has gone from being a member of Perry's audience in the back of the room to working on a book with Perry Marshall. He's been asked by Google to train other agencies and was even invited to one of their internal planning days. Now that's saying something. I think it's fair to say that Mike's one of the world's leading authorities when it comes to Google AdWords, and we're truly honored to have him as a guest. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much, Ash. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're most welcome. The, the other book, by the way, the other book that I was oh, given yes? in 99, um, which is the, the second part of that. Oh, yes. Um, one was The E-Myth, and one was Cashflow Quadrant by oh, Kiyosaki. Thank you. Those two books in tandem were... Um, absolutely life-changing for me because the the e-myth was the how but the cash flow quadrant was the why right. and they just they i found they go together really well obviously e-myth is a little out of date now i think gerber first wrote that in 84 hmm. so it's getting a little out of date um if your listeners uh want um the, the newer versions of that i i highly 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 recommend built to sell by john warrillow yes. or um, work the system by sam carpenter is pretty good too but yeah i loved uh, built to sell I think Morello's got a new book too. Yes, it's called The Automatic Customer. Yeah, all about memberships and continuity programs and stuff. Yes. He's great. Really rated. Okay, so before we get into the guts of the interview, did you want to talk a bit more about the books and how they had an impact on you? Um. Well, I'll talk about the, the, the journey bit if you want. I mean, so what happened from that? Um, I set up my first business. Um, it happened to be in New Zealand because that's where I was at the time. I'd left the UK in 98. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on my way here to Australia. Um, I was meant to be there for three weeks. I stayed for three years. And I handed those two books. And that was what caused me to set up my first business. Mm-hmm. Um, because of Emeth and the whole systemization um, idea in that, I actually only worked a dozen shifts in that business. It was an internet cafe in Queenstown. Right. I only worked there a dozen times. I basically worked for a couple of days as you know front office type person, mm-hmm. wrote the manual for how to do that, and then fired myself, made myself the manager, <laughs> uh, wrote the manager's manual, and then fired myself, promoted someone else to be manager, and then fired myself and externally then wrote the owner's manual. Wow. Um, and then when I 
sold that business. I actually sold it in four days, which I know I'll never get to do again. Um, but the guy that bought it from me, because this whole thing was basically, here's the business in a book. These are the systems you need as an owner. This is the systems your manager needs. This is the system you, your girl in front desk needs to close up the till every night and everything in between. Mm -hmm. um, there you go. That's the whole thing. Bang. So 18 months I had that business for. Um, sold it. Moved to Sydney in 2001. Wow. And it was because of all of that that I ended up writing to Gerber um, and saying, you know, this book changed my life, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole long story there, which I won't go into because I know we're limited on time. But um, I ended up, basically, I got a call from Gerber's PA on a Friday morning <laughs> saying, Michael's here. He'd like to have a chat with you. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> he invited me to go to California. And the trick was I had to be there by the following Monday. Mm -hmm. So I had three days notice to fly to California and go train with him and his team to become an EMIT consultant. So I said yes to that, wow. went and trained with him. And this is a month after 9-11. Happened wow. so the airplane's quite empty and America was a little <laughs> bit strange at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, went to California, had an amazing oh, what week and a half or so with him and his team and then tried to sell uh, EMIT consulting into small businesses. And as, as you've said in, in the intro, over and over again, I'd walk in hoping to systemize someone's business. Mm. And they were, mate, I just need more customers. Like if, if I just had a couple more covers a night, if it was a restaurant or a, or a, or a few more clients or a, you know, a few extra patients or whatever it might be, mm. you know, she'd be right, mate. Yeah. And uh, I just heard that story over and over again. So when I did see AdWords uh, a year or so after that, it was like, ah, oh, this is it. This is This is the future. This is what small businesses need this is the future of advertising for small business and because it's so leveraged mm. it, like you you only pay so one you only show an ad to someone that's looking for the stuff that you've got to sell mm -hmm. and then you only pay if and when they're interested enough in your ad to click on that ad and then you get to send them to whichever page on your website is mm. the most tailored the most relevant to them because i think i believe there's only two rules for success mm -hmm. online Make it easy, make it relevant. Right. That's it. That's very simple. If you if you hit those two, you're golden. Um, and this was the most relevant. It is, it is the most incredible direct marketing machine ever invented. Mm. It is really the same as, you know, the, the, all of the smart direct marketing guys, Eugene Schwartz and all those guys have been doing for 100 years. There's a, there's a great story about a guy called E. Halderman Julius. Actually, I got this story from Perry. Mm -hmm. But this guy would basically sell these little books, 20 little blue books they were called. The little, If you Google little blue book, you can see whole sorts of images of them. Okay. The guy wrote hundreds and hundreds of these things. And basically what he would do, he would sell them using adverts in newspapers and magazines. Mm -hmm. And there'd be this whole little list of all of these little books and you'd put a tick next to the 20 that you wanted. You'd send in your dollar bill and he would send you 20 books. Right. And every ad would have a little coupon code hidden down in the corner. And when they got these things back and all cut out and all ticked, they would collate all of that information. And they'd go, oh, yeah, the, the, the truth about the Roman Empire or whatever it is isn't selling real well. Let's change the headline of the book. And most of them were 64 pages long. They never changed a word inside. They would just change the headline <laughs> of the book. Right. And then they would find that they were selling three times the amount. Wow. And I've got that. There's, there's actually, if you you would know Gary Halbert, mm -hmm. Gary Halbert did one of his famous newsletters all about Alderman Julius, and the and he has some great samples of the before and after headlines and how much it improved the sales of these things. But it, it was it was so clever on so many levels. You know, people would be able to buy 
books and you know, some of them were quite salacious and they'd mm. be able to buy books on stuff that they'd never ever normally buy but because it was hidden in the 20 mm. people would go oh go on then I'll, I'll put a little tick in that box there I'll sneak that one in and <laughs> I'll have that one as well but it was it was split testing it's just that each split test split took testing, three yeah. months to do yes because you had to wait for the magazine thing to go to print and then you had to wait for people to clip the thing out and post it back and then collate all of the data and then think of a new headline. And so that's all AdWords is. Right. It's split testing like that, just on an infinitely shorter life cycle of we can change a headline, we can show an ad to people that are interested in what you sell and then know, you know sometimes within hours but realistically within weeks how much of a change did that make? Did that cause double the number of people to click on your ad or did it reduce the number of people right. that clicked on your ad? You've hit on some massive value bombs here in your speech. I just want to draw them out for the audience. One thing that really hit me was how you built systems in your first business and as a result was able to sell it so quickly. I'm a big believer in systems and in fact that is one of the key things I offer as part of my business consulting solutions to my small to medium business customers. The other thing that really stood out for me is you've been a real action taker. You read Michael Gerber's book and then you made that into something. You followed up with Michael. You did the same thing again with Perry Marshall. You really took it to the next level and you ended up writing a book with him so kudos to you for doing that mm -hmm. um it's a i suppose it's something that i must have picked up from somewhere i don't know who but pay to play you know it's sort of it's it's that whole one of most one of my favorites uh, the, the, a lot of people say it's not what you know that counts it's who you know it's bollocks it's who knows you oh yes i like that yep it's who knows you that's important and so paying to yeah, go and train with Gerber or or Perry's thing. The, the, how I got into Perry's world was to go to his elite, what, 70 people there, five grand a head in Maui, which is yeah, not a bad way to go play, mm. but, you know, go to Maui for a week and <laughs> hang out and drink beers and go whale watching with him. Yep. Um, but I made sure when I did that that, I, that there was going to be something that he was going to notice. So I had to, you know, he tells the story quite well, but I had these two huge mind maps printed out in color on A0 paper that I'd wrapped up and taken with me mm -hmm. on the aeroplane. Um, and I showed them to his marketing manager, Jack Bourne, who, bless his heart, said, Perry has to see this, and <laughs> took him over and grabbed Perry. And we're sitting outside. I can picture it so clearly. We're sitting on a table in Maui overlooking the golf course down towards the ocean. And he's sitting there just staring at this thing for what felt to me like 10, 15 minutes. It was probably about a minute, but it felt like 10 minutes. And he's just staring this is awesome. <laughs> be following the thing around and this, so this goes here. And this, oh, wow. Yeah, we're definitely going to do something together. And, you know, and that was the, was the start of it. And this is my point about being an action taker, Mike. I mean, you really, you take something and you just really run with it. So that's amazing. Another really important point you made was you touched on headlines, which is something that I've been trained on mm. writing with uh, John Morrow of Copyblogger, and I've interviewed him earlier mm. in the podcast series. But headlines are so important. Smart man. Yes, he's a very smart man and very hardworking. Headlines are very important in terms of conversions, aren't they? Especially when it comes to Google ads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the headline, it's, you know, it's a, again an old saying from the direct marketing guys, but the headline is 80% of the ad. The headline is mm. why they then read the rest of the ad. Exactly. The first paragraph is then why they will read the rest of the first page and, and on and on. But yeah, the headline's so important. Mm. Um, and that is one of the many, many, many things that you can test within AdWords. There's lots of things. But that's, you know, um, in terms of a quick win, if any of your listeners are already running Google Ads, testing different headlines mm. um, can make a huge, huge impact. Mm. I mean, 
so many different things you can test there, obviously. Um, but just testing that little part of the account, if you're not testing there, then you've no idea if you're improving or, or, or not. Yes, and there's some little words that can make a massive difference, like having the word this sometimes in a headline mm-hmm. can make a big difference. Or I remember when I was being trained by John Morrow, he said one of the most popular ed- headlines they tested was something they'd never imagined. It was, you are not alone. That was apparently, that just hit everything out of the park. So uh, it's just the most unexpected things that will really convert. And the only way you're going to know is by testing, testing, testing. So two things. A little story on on, uh, the same event in 2004. I saw a guy called Alex Mandosian, and he taught me the power of the letter S. The power of the letter S. Just one little letter can make a big difference. So two two headlines. Make your kid smarter or makes your kid smarter. Right. Yes, I love it. So the first one implies that you need to do the work yes. to make your kids smarter. The second one implies that the thing, the thing that you're buying, the product, the service, makes your kids smarter. We are all inherently lazy on some degree. Yep. And so that second one will generally get you a much better result because we gravitate to the thing that's the easy. Make it easy, make it relevant. Yep. Make it easy, make it relevant. I love it. But look, you know, we've jumped a bit ahead of ourselves. We have. <laughs> uh, let's, let's just uh, step back a little bit for the audience and let's just define the term AdWords so we're very clear on what we're talking about. Okay. Um, AdWords encompasses an awful lot of stuff these days, but what most people mean when they talk about Google AdWords are those little ads across the top and down the right-hand side when you go to, say, google.com.au or google.com, google.co.uk, whatever. When you do a search on Google, the ads that surround those search results, that's what most people mean by Google AdWords. Mm-hmm. That's really only only half of the story, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so Google obviously is a search engine predominantly. But where fully half of their revenue comes from mm-hmm. are actually what are banner ads. They call it display advertising or the, the display network. So a bunch of websites out there, massive ones like ESPN and Oprah and The Age mm-hmm. and Sydney Morning Herald, uh, all the way down to tiny, tiny little blogs and forums that you or I have never heard of, mm-hmm. all of whom have said, we want to make a bit of extra cash from our website. Google, we don't want to go and do deals with all of these different advertisers one-on-one, look, you you have a bit of control over this area of the site here. Look, you can put ads here and here and here. You figure out which ads to show, and then when you show the ads, we'll split the cash. And those are the ads that appear on the right-hand side of the page, isn't it? Oh, all over. They can be across the top. They can be on the right. They can be mixed into the content. They can be across the bottom. Like if you go to uh, City Morning Herald, at the bottom of every article, there's typically two or three text right. ads at right. the bottom there. So they can be text. They can be image. They can be animated. They can be video. And of course, talking video, we've got YouTube, which is a Google property. So those little pre-roll ads, those little ads that everybody hates that you you can't skip for five seconds. But what most people don't realize is with those things, if you as an advertiser want to show a little video, that little video before the video that someone is trying to get to, Mm -hmm. you can't skip the first five seconds. But you don't pay as an advertiser unless they watch 30 seconds or more of your video. So fantastic for branding. You can get free traffic from that. If somebody clicks on that thing and comes to your website after 20 seconds, completely free. That's then, probably a loophole that will close at some point, but right now it's free traffic. Correct. And there's an excellent resource called vroll.com. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they mm-hmm. do a lot yep, of… Gideon? Uh, yes, Gideon, yes. So I just signed up to them recently and I'm just checking it out and it seems to be a really good service spelled dot com, And it's pretty much done for you YouTube ads. 
Yeah, so the great thing about Gids services, it, it doesn't just find um, placements for you, which is videos that you can show your ads before or videos you can show your ads on, um, but they've also got a great service in there. They will help you build the video yes. from templates, obviously, but exactly. that's the sticking point for a lot of people of, oh, God, now I've got to go and stand in front of a camera or I've got to go get this video thing created. So a lot of people stop there because that's that's the hard bit. And they've made that easy, made it relevant. They've, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you made it easy, made it relevant. There you go. Works every time. So, um, okay, so we've defined what we mean by AdWords now. Let's talk a bit about why AdWords is so important to business success. The first obvious one that comes to my mind is, you know, you end up appearing on page one of Google in terms of a search, and yes. obviously that's going to help your business. So, yeah, the, the visibility side of that, of just making it onto someone's shortlist. I mean, the SEO community have been around uh, for, what, 15 years. It's all been about showing up on that first page result. Well, it's dead easy to get on the first page results. You just pay for it. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about AdWords is though you only pay if and when someone clicks. Now, the objection that I always get to that is, oh, but I never click on those ads, mm. to which I will normally say, well, what about when you really, really need something? Mm. So when you need something, you'll look, your, your brain is looking across that page of results for the best deal. Mm -hmm. And Google are always changing the layout of that page to give more and more prominence to the ads. I mean, the SEO guys hate it, but if you look at the page of ads on a, on a laptop or an iPad of a smaller than a huge screen, then most of that page now is paid ads and people are lazy and they don't scroll and you know, very few people go all the way down to the bottom and click next and look at page two. So there are, well, Google made what, 16 billion or something last quarter? So there are enough people clicking on the ads to make <laughs> it worth doing. Um, it doesn't matter about your own personal behavior and if you click on those ads or not. But sure. Getting getting in front of people who need your product or service, so you choose which people you show in front of based on the, the words that they're typing in. Yeah. You then choose how much you're prepared to pay if they click on that ad and you only pay if they click on your ad. So you get to control it all. You get to control everything about it, where that ad shows. So if you can only serve... 30Ks around the middle of Sydney, then you only show your ads there. You're not showing ads to people in Perth or in mm. Chicago. You're not showing ads all across the world. I can even put an ad on the New York Times, but I'll only show that ad on the New York Times if somebody in Melbourne is reading that particular article in New York Times, mm -hmm. which might be about you know, the, the thing that uh, a connected service. So they're reading an article about um, how to tidy their home and there's my ad about storage systems on that article but only because that person was in Melbourne on a Tuesday afternoon mm -hmm. and because they'd never been to my website before. So you can control a lot of the variables when it comes to Google AdWords which is not as easy to control with say search engine optimization which is essentially left to the Google gods. Correct. Let me just clarify for the sake of the audience. So when we talk about the, the AdWords search results, we're talking about the first three results that appear at the top of the page. And then below those three results, the next ones are the SEO results. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, the, the ads, the paid ads, the, the sponsored ad section, typically three, not always three, but typically three ads top left mm -hmm. above the organic or the free listings and then usually around about eight ads down the right hand side but you've also got now shopping ads so if you go and do a search for something like say laptop bags or something like that which is a, a physical product mm -hmm. you'll often see 
five or six or eight, depending on the layout that you see, yeah. little square images with a with a name and a price underneath. That's all part of the Google AdWords system as well. Mm. And and one thing we, we cannot leave out of the, of the discussion either uh, in terms of one thing I think that almost every business should be doing is remarketing. And that's yes. part of that display stuff that I was talking about before. But this is where, so again, part of the control that you have um, where you're choosing to target ads based on someone's behavior. In this case, the behavior being they've already been to your website in the recent past. Yes. So somebody comes to your website, you tag them, and you basically say to Google, right, follow this person around, basically. <laughs> Stalk them and show them ads. Now, you want to do this in as non-creepy way as you possibly can. So there's lots of different <laughs> ways that you can reduce the creepy. Yes. Um, and that's showing them lots of different ads and not showing them so many ads that you annoy them. That's happened to all of us. We've been to a site and for the next half an hour, all you see are the same ad over and over and over again for that Audi dealership over and over and over again. And you're just like, yeah, I've, I get it. Don't show me that ad anymore. <laughs> so you, you don't want to annoy them. You don't want to creep them out. You don't want to talk about what you know about them. Hey, we realize you went to this page on our website. That just creeps them out. Yeah, yeah. You're always talking about the future, mm -hmm. but remarketing that ability to to follow people around, and again show them highly highly targeted ads. So you're making it more relevant this time. Um, the more relevant the ad that you see, the more likely you are to respond to it. Yeah. You know? Now I'm I'm very quickly ascending towards geek heaven right now because I remarketing. <laughs> Remarketing really, really captures my imagination and my interest. Not to mention your level of interest and passion is just fantastic. So thank you for that. Once again, I'm feeling very excited, just like I did when you presented at the Superfast Business Live conference. Your passion and your enthusiasm is infectious. A question about remarketing, just from an academic perspective almost, was it started by the Kissmetrics guys? No, it's been around for about 15 years in one form or another. Um, Google popularized it the, when they sort of rolled it out well, five years ago, I think, almost to the day. Um, Facebook obviously have a remarketing platform as well. So you can show these ads, again, to people that have recently been to your website based on their behavior. And their behavior might be if you're an e-commerce site, you must be using this. You know, People that have added a product to the shopping cart, cart but haven't bought it yet. Mm -hmm. And you can show those people ads on Facebook or across the Google system. Again, not on the Google site, but on these other blogs, forums, big sites, small sites, mm. where that person is wandering around and viewing and, oh, look, there's, there's the ad for the thing that I was checking out mm. last week but haven't got around to buying yet. I, yep, I have got five minutes. I'll, I'll jump on and grab that now. Now, Google talks about moments of truth, and I believe that remarketing mm. dramatically helps with this. So, again, for the benefit of the listeners, a moment of truth is when you first have an interaction with the brand or the product. And when you employ a remarketing strategy, you're increasing those moments of truth with a customer. And I believe initially it was, I think, three or something moments of truth before a purchase was made. And now it's something like seven. Is that, am I right? Oh, I think that number changes depending on uh, on who you're talking to and what industry they're in. If you're, if you're in radio or TV, I think that number is going to be um, substantially higher and you need to keep spending lots of money with us. Yes. Um, and look, and that's that's another part of the, the AdWords system that, that I love so much is it is the only media channel that I know of in the world ever where the better you get at it, the cheaper it gets. Right. Yes. Like no TV station has ever called anybody up and said, hey, that ad you ran last night, you made 47 sales from that. That's awesome. We're going to reduce the rate next mm. week. But that's essentially what happens with Google because of this. This is this. We can really geek out on this, but we won't because we don't want you listening <laughs> to fall asleep. But there is, there, there is Google have found a way to automate. Yes. Um, 
the quality control. Yeah, so essentially the more you learn and the more expertise you develop in this area, the less you're going to pay. Yeah, yeah, because Google look at that and say, here's a good advertiser. Mm. They're, they're good for me. They're good. Google's trying to keep three groups of people happy. First and foremost, the user. Did the user find what they were looking for when they came to Google? Did, did they get a, a good result? Mm. Did they find what they were looking for? And, and obviously, if the user is happy, then Google shareholders are happy. And look at us here in Australia. We've got, what, 90, depending on which report you read, anywhere between about 92 and 95% of market share in mm. terms of search. Yeah, you know, we all use Google because we went to Yahoo once or Bing or God bless them census and we went there and we used it and we went, no, nah, those results are crap. I'm not going to go back to Google. Yep. In the States, it's not as high. It's about 66% in the States. Okay. But we use Google because, because Bing's huge there. Um, oh. But we use Google because we find what we want. And so yeah. that keeps those two groups happy, which keeps the advertisers happy because if you can if you can play the game that Google want you to play, mm -hmm. they will give you essentially mates rates for playing the game well because you are good for their users. And if you help the users, then their shareholders are going to be happy and round and round and round it goes. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that, though, is that if you're a dumb advertiser, if you don't play the game properly, if you do the wrong things, then you'll pay over the odds. And I, I use this example a lot. It's from a few years ago now, but I, I remember doing an audit on an account and the guy was paying $25 a click in a market where he should have been paying a dollar mm -hmm. because he just wasn't paying attention. He was following Google's suggestion. See, Google will never say, right, that's it. I'm sorry, you're crap. You can't play the game. Mm -hmm. They'll just say, you need to pay more. And you need to pay more. <laughs> and right. you need to pay more. <laughs> and if you're, if you're dumb and if you chase that, then you can end up paying significant amounts. Um, now, the flip side of that, I suppose, is they will never actually write to you and say, awesome, you can pay us half next month, you don't need to spend as much. But if you know what you're doing, you don't need to spend as much to get the same results. And you can take a bit off, take a bit off, and get it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Google aren't actually going to make that super, super easy for you. But if you play the game properly, that, that really is it. And that's, that's, that's the whole point of an AdWords account for me, um, is testing. It's, it's all about testing. So testing headlines that we talked about, testing the image ads or the, the banner ads, testing how much you need to pay to get the 100 extra customers a month that you want and, and how much can I get those for? How little can I get those for? It's all about testing. It's, it's almost that a nice byproduct of a well-run AdWords account is all of this extra quality traffic coming to your website. Mm. Um, that really is, is for me, is, is the whole game. Okay. Can we go back to remarketing a little bit? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about that, and I think that would really benefit the audience. When we say remarketing, we're talking about tagging a cookie on the person who's visiting your website, and then we follow them around wherever they go and get an understanding of the customer so that we can present relevant ads to them in a non-creepy way so we can mm -hmm. increase the likelihood of conversions of our products. Is that correct? Yeah, at its most basic level, you might show an ad to everybody that's been to your site. So let's. This is particularly good where the product or service that you sell has a, a, a lengthier decision-making process. So by that I mean it's a, it's not an impulse purchase. It's you don't sell something for fifty cents. They come to your website and they go, oh yeah, I'll buy that, and they're out. Mm -hmm. um, but if you sell um, a bed or legal services or finance or um, cosmetic surgery or yeah, it could be anything I'm just trying to think of some of the clients we have um, 
anything where you don't wake up in the morning and you bought it by lunchtime, mm-hmm. you make that decision over the coming days, maybe weeks, possibly even months. Mm-hmm. It's a great way when someone has come to your website, you, yeah, don't worry about the how-to and, and geeky words like cookieing and so on, but basically you just you tag that person. And based on that behavior, based on what they did on your website, which could be that they've viewed a particular page, mm-hmm. could be that they've added product to the shopping cart, could be that they stayed on your website for longer than 10 minutes. They showed above average interest in what you have to offer. So they didn't just rock up, look at it for five seconds and then bugger off. Mm-hmm. But the, the best group of people that you could, if, you, if you're going to go to the trouble of following these people around and showing them an ad, the best group of people would be the people that almost got there but didn't quite get over the line. They yes. didn't fill out the form for the free measure and quote or they didn't buy the product or they didn't fill in the inquiry form on your website. That's the best, best group of people. Because they're really at the point of purchase and they've just backed out for some little reason and you just need to uncover the objection and then you've made your sale. Yeah, and, and sometimes there is no objection. Sometimes it's just the kids screaming in the background or they had to rush off to school to pick them up or or maybe there's just that little bit of indecision yet. So remarketing is a way to then reinforce your message and get back in front of that person and give them lots and lots of different reasons why. So you're coming at it from a whole bunch of different angles. One, it might be an ad that shows the recent awards that you won because maybe that's important to them or one that talks about a client testimonial and tells the story of somebody that used your product or service, someone that's just like them. Um, or you know, just your unique selling proposition. You know, why are you different? And you're hitting them with all of these different things, but very, very subtly. And most of these ads won't even get noticed. You know, the number of people clicking on one of these banner ads is, is, is tiny. Let's call it you know, one in a hundred at best, maybe one in a thousand even. Mm-hmm. So it's just a way to look much bigger than you are. I've seen emails from people, oh my God, I saw your ad on Oprah. <laughs> you guys must be huge. Go, well, we're not showing an ad to everyone on Oprah. We're not even showing an ad to everybody that's looking at the Oprah website that's in Sydney right now. We're just showing an ad to people that happen to be on Oprah or wherever that were on our website in the last four weeks. And we're saying to Google, look, we're prepared to spend up to, let's say, $3.50 for a click if, if they click on this ad. But until they click, just follow them all around and show them these ads. Thank you very much. Somebody asked me recently who AdWords isn't good for. Because, you know, there used to be a, a big long list there. You know, if you were a, I don't know, a takeaway cafe or something like that, there's no reason to mm. use Google AdWords. But I, I struggle to think of really any business. Like I said, other than that sort of really, really short-term impulse buy, I struggle to think of any business that couldn't make use of remarketing to one level or another. You can get, um, and we do, very, very advanced with the strategy that goes behind that. Um, the more traffic that your website gets, the more opportunities you have to play with that. And, and obviously, the, the more is available to us to work. Because you have a bigger sample size of information. Yeah, yeah and it's like anything that's database driven. The more you can slice and dice it, the more powerful it's, it's going to get. If, if, if you've got a small mm-hmm. website and you only have, you know, I don't know, a few hundred people a month coming to your website, then you can't slice and dice that small group in, into anything meaningful. So you're just going to show the same ad to all of those people. But if you've got a site that gets a million visitors a month, then there's lots of different groups of people who act differently. And again, this is all behavioral targeting. So I want to target my ad based on the behavior that somebody took on my website or the behavior that they haven't taken yet, i.e. they haven't filled in a form, they haven't bought. Mm-hmm. So. Many, many ways we can use that. Right. 
Okay, so when a person places an ad on Google, just to take our listeners through the process, you bid for a term like business consulting, for example, which is a service that I provide, so that you rank on page one of Google. You, you bid on that, and then you, every time somebody searches Google for a phrase that closely matches that keyword that you're bidding on, Google then basically lobs, you know, it might be 100 people. They're all bidding on something close to that. It lobs them all into a quick auction, and I won't do silly auction for it, but you can imagine it. Um, runs the quick auction and basically says, who wants, to, who wants to bid what to show an ad to this person? Puts all of that together based on the result of that auction. That decides who's one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on down the page. And then that's where your ad basically appears on the front page of Google, dependent on how much you're prepared to bid, how good your account is, that that sort of quality aspect that I mentioned before, plus a whole bunch of other factors that they don't actually tell you anything about and you have to sort of guess and that's the experience and the, the art part. It's not all science. There's a there's an art bit to this. But essentially, um, Google's looking at those two things. How much are you prepared to bid and how good of an advertiser are you? How good does it think your ad for that particular phrase is? All of that gets jumbled up and that decides where your ad shows on the page and then your ad sits there and you don't pay anything until somebody clicks on that ad and then you can send them off to to your website yeah so i mean you can get if they don't click on it you're still getting free publicity and free data for me that's one of the, the most important things of it is the data that you get to see you get to see which you know which searches do people do where they all searched they all saw your ad but they didn't click okay well we need to change the ad or we need to change the offer so that is information too. When they don't click, that is still information. Good point. Yeah. And then if they do click, well, now where do we take them on the website? Because maybe we send some of them over here and some of them over there. Oh, this page works much better. Well, let's start pushing more and more people to this page because they do what we want them to do if I send them over here. And we've got a, an e-commerce site where they've got a, a what's new page. It's a fashion site. So if we send traffic to the what's new site that'll do generally much better than if we drop them off on the home page and take yep just click on one of our ads knock yourself out there's, there's so just to sum up then adwords is really essential for business success because it gets people very relevant clicks it gets them to the front page of google and it gives them very important information about what's working and what's not they can drive a lot of traffic to their website they can do a b split testing they can do a whole lot of stuff using adwords all of that and if you're going to do any kind of, you mentioned SEO before, if you can do any kind of search engine optimization SEO, it needs to understand which visitors are profitable for you. And you want to find that out as quickly as possible. So if you can run an ad and find out within weeks, this is a good keyword, i.e. it makes me money. This is yeah, so-so and this is, this is bad. Like every time I run this ad, I lose money. Well, knowing that mm -hmm. then gives you the information to go and give to the SEO boys to say, right, forget the 100 keywords that you were working on before. These 13 are the ones that make me most of my profit. Let's just focus on these. Mm -hmm. Because without running AdWords, you don't really know that for sure. Google hide all of that information. If you use a tool like Google Analytics, you can't actually see the phrase that somebody used, what, what they actually searched for to find your website. So you don't know for certain which of those are profitable and which aren't. Like there's loads of tools that will mm -hmm. tell you how many people search for a particular phrase every month, but none of them can tell you 
what's profitable for you, for your website, for your offer, for your design, what works for you. AdWords is the ultimate tool for that to be able to test really, really right. quickly, discover with real accuracy what works and what doesn't. For your business. For your website. And I, I'd love to, to talk about, you know, if you can build a business on paid traffic, if you can make that work, oh. then you then you know you're set. So then any organic traffic, any free traffic that you get, um, one of our clients got a, a, a mention on BuzzFeed recently and they got this big, big spike in traffic. It was something like 16,000, 17,000 visitors in one day and it's still going wow. a couple of weeks later. Um, but if you know the numbers, if you know that you can make paid work, then anything like that, it's just that's just the cream on top. And if you can make, mm. but, but if you're dependent on free traffic, that's not a good business model. Because you're paying for it one way or another. You're either paying the SEO guys, you're paying someone to create content, you're paying for your radio ads or your TV ads. One way or another, you are paying to get somebody to come to your website. It's just that people measure that differently. That's a subtle but very important point, right? Because as business owners, we are all paying either in terms of time or money. Or attention or energy. Yep. Some, some resources being expended. Yes. So either you're paid with attention, time, or just... Uh, pay Google and end up on page one and see what happens. Yeah, and 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 where on page one makes a massive difference, right? If you're in those top three ads, you should probably expect about roughly speaking about one in ten people that that search for a particular term, um, whatever that is. But someone that types in a search, you should expect roughly speaking, and it varies massively market by market, but roughly one in ten. If your ad's over on the right hand side, so let's say your ad number six or ad number eight and you're sort of halfway down the side there, mm -hmm. then that might be one in a hundred. So there's a big, big difference there. So first first page is, is not first page. It's, it's a bit like SEO. You know, All the SEO guys will say that really you want to be in those top three organic results. You can be position nine. You're on the first page, but you won't get near the amount of traffic that you'll get if you're in the top one, two, maybe three spots. So, right. and, and that, again, from an SEO point of view. And that's where you come in. That's where the art and the science, yeah. the combination, your skills our, come Our in. job is not to manage the account based on these, these vanity metrics like how many people clicked on my ad, which is called click-through rate, basically how many people clicked compared to how many people saw, or cost per click. In other words, how much do I pay to Google when someone clicks on my ad? Was that $2? Was it $3? Was it $78? i got a client that pays $80 a click. Happily. Jeez. Happily. Because a new client is worth two, 300 grand to him. So 80 bucks a click yes. is a bargain for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but but it, it is a numbers game. You've, you have to know your numbers. You have to know where does it cease to be profitable for you. you know, what, is, what is my maximum allowable cost per lead or cost per sale? Because that enables us to work out profit. And profit is the only number that matters. You know, things like quality score and all the Agreed. geeky terms that we've been talking about, none of that shows up on the P&L. Um, and I think that's probably what makes us different to a lot of agencies. We think in terms of the business. We're not a bunch of geeks sending traffic to a website. We think in terms of mm -hmm. the business and what are the business goals, what are the goals of the website, right? What can we do to, to increase profit? I agree with you completely. And, and profit is not something that shows up in your AdWords account. So you've got to do a bit of extra work to figure that out. Yes. That is the only thing. Revenue and profit are two very different things, and it's so often misunderstood. I'm actually uh, surprised at how often it's misunderstood. The equivalent of that, in my mind, in the online world is traffic and conversions. Mm. So, yep. you know, people 
keep talking about traffic and I'm like traffic is like revenue you know there's no point having a crap load of traffic if you're not converting anything in other words if you're not profiting from that traffic correct correct um, actually one of the easiest ways we find with, with um, fixing a lot of AdWords accounts these days I mean obviously that there's a lot we see but there, there's a huge amount that can be done to Im improve the AdWords account and that, that's a, a big part of what our agency does is, is fix accounts that have been running and, and make them work far, far better than they have been running. A recent example, somebody was running display ads, you know, banner ads, using a, a, a media buyer who, of course, are not incentivized by results at all. They just want to talk about the number of impressions that they got you. We worked out, looking through all of the stats and all the data, worked out it was around about five grand for a lead, which was not the end of the world for this particular client, but it certainly wasn't profitable. Um, uh -huh. A few weeks later, we're running things through the Google system. We've got much, much more control. We've improved things. The team continue to improve things, but right now it's running about $55 a lead instead of five grand. That makes a bit of a difference. Wow. And, <laughs> Just a bit. And, and they still balked at my fee, but <laughs> it's, which is insane <laughs> because they don't know in advance how well. I know it's going to be better, especially something like that. So anybody that's doing any kind of old school media buying, which is your saying, oh, okay, we're going to put ads on this site and this site and this site because they're big websites and lots of people go there, like the Sydney Morning Herald. That's just the, that's just the wrong way to buy advertising. It's not remotely relevant. It's a little akin to, I mean, okay, with radio, at least you can sort of target a little bit to the, the demographic, roughly, of the people that supposedly listen to that particular show on that particular station. Oh, okay, you're targeting 35-year-old housewives, then we need to put your ads here, here, and here. Same with TV. But... That is that that whole model is changing. Um, there's a wonderful model that that I'm getting really stuck into at the moment called the jobs to be done framework. So it's not even persona marketing anymore, or trying to understand the customer avatar terms that have been buzzwords for 10, 15 years. The jobs to be done framework says basically that. Like, what is the job that your customer has to be? It doesn't matter if they're 20 or 60 or male or female or have dogs or don't have dogs. What's the job that they need to do? If your advertising addresses that and solves that problem for them, then they're going to find your ad more relevant. Then they're going to click on that ad. And with Google, you only pay if they click on that ad. And if they don't take action straight away, we remarket them and give them another opportunity, another bite of the cherry to come back to the website and complete that journey. Okay, well, Mike, you've convinced me and I'm sure most of our listeners about the value of Google AdWords. So let's talk about how a person gets started with Google AdWords. What's the easiest way for them to get started? So it is very easy to get started. Just go to google.com and follow the prompts. Um, but here's the thing. It is 10 years ago when I started, or 11 years ago, uh, I always use this analogy of the, of the airplane. If back then, it was light flying a, a, a small aircraft, which is basically the same as driving, but it goes up and down. Anyone anyone can do it. These days, running an AdWords account is a little bit more like the cockpit of a 747. There's a hundred different bells and whistles and levers to pull and knobs to push, and, and if you get it wrong, you're going to do more damage. So you can start in a, in a fairly small control way. Remarketing would be a wonderful place for a small business to start. You know, if that was all you did in Google AdWords, then I would suggest, yep, yeah, fine, go ahead, do that yourself, or go find some um, education online and, and, and get educated, read, read our book, um, join my training forum if, if that's something that you want to, if you learn more about. Um, but if you are in a, any kind of competitive industry and you want those ads to be showing, 
preferably in those top three spots most of the time. Now, that's not always the case because that isn't always the most profitable place to be. But if you want to make profit with your AdWords account, if you want your ads there, then really these days, you, and it is obviously a bit self-serving of me to say this, I'll acknowledge that, but these days I think you really need an agency running things for you. As you know, If you're spending sort of at least, yeah, I don't know, two, three, five grand a month, um, anything from there and up, um, then you really want someone professional running it for you because most industries these days, you're competing with a whole lot of other people whose accounts are being run by agencies. So if you're just learning today, there's no nice way to put it, but you're going to get smashed. Um, it, it's, it's true. Back 11 years ago, it was five cent clicks all day long. There was very little competition. It was a great time to learn. It was a great time to have your training wheels on. But these days, it is very difficult to break into an expensive market. And you may well end up paying 25 bucks a click where you should only be paying one. But you won't ever know that right. you should be paying one because that's the only account you've ever looked at. We have the benefit of looking across hundreds of accounts um, and yes. all of the stats behind those and seeing those trends um, and and taking advantage of you know new uh, new tools and new features that Google add all the time. We've got a very very good relationship with our Google reps who get us into you know early beta programs and so on all the time. So we're able to test that stuff out with our most aggressive clients that want all the new stuff all the time um, and test that stuff out, find out if it works. And, and the, not all of it does. Not all of it works really well. But the stuff that does, we're then able to roll that out across other client accounts but so if, if you're going to do it yourself one get educated if you can know enough to outsource it well so educate yourself to the point that you know enough of what you're talking about that you can that you can yes. buy an agency hire an agency the job to be done is to run your AdWords account as profitably as possible I think it is difficult to do that for, for most businesses these days again self-serving of me to say so but that's my my honest opinion i see what you mean by getting yourself trained up to know what you don't know it was mm. a bit like when i did my master's in business administration you know when i was asked what did you learn from and i said i learned i learned how much i don't know about marketing mm. about statistics so i think i now know that i'm out of my depth when it comes to certain disciplines and i know when to call in an expert so that's a great point i agree that google adwords has become a lot more complex than it used to be and you're best off hiring an agency. But if someone does want to get an overall understanding or get some initial understanding, I had a look on your website and they can join a monthly membership program where they can just get the basics. Is that correct? Uh, a bit more than the basics, I'd say. But yeah, um, so Perry and I wrote the book last year. And, and even as it went to press, Google made a bunch of changes. We had to call it back, rewrite three chapters, send it back in again. And of course, a few weeks after that, they changed something else, but you've got to draw a line somewhere, right? So I created mm-hmm. PPC Savvy because books go out of date. And in, and in this game, sadly, they go out of date a bit too quickly for our liking. So um, I wanted it to be the best training resource for AdWords on the planet um, and to be mm-hmm. totally up to date. So the community choose each month what they want me to to add additional training on. So right now I have on my list, I've got to create some stuff around Google Shopping and around this funky thing called Google Tag Manager, which is a way to add all of your tracking codes to your website. Really, really cool. Not much good training out there on that. So they've all said, yep, this month, focus on that, please, Mike. So I go away, create the training, and then chuck that in. So there's there's tons of content in there. I think we're well over 40 hours of uh, content in one form or another, probably actually over 50 hours at this point. All of my courses are in there. I did a course with Shremco, uh, what, four years ago, um, just in the middle of redoing all of that, uh, which I'm doing for, for Perry, but then also putting all of that content in. Um, I've got a whole course on display network and remarketing, 
all of my stage presentations and podcasts like this will all go in there. So it's ppcsavvy.com, is Yeah, it? and I think the main reason people stay, though, is, is not so much the content. Content's great. I do think that, that our training materials are among, if not very, very close to the top in the world. And it's difficult for me to say that because I don't like blowing my own trumpet, but I know they're bloody good. But it's the community aspect. It's the, the Q&A forum where you're able to ask questions, not just of me and my team, but of everybody else in the community and everybody's pitching in and helping each other just to give you that, that confidence and that certainty of, I'm about to launch this campaign for a client or, or we've been doing this for our own business and we're not quite sure about this business. Do I use this setting or, or that setting? And just to get that, yeah, that can save you thousands of dollars. If you get one of those things wrong, and you don't notice it for a while. You know, there's heaps of horror stories about people melting credit cards and so on with Google AdWords. For the most part, that's their fault, right? Because, again, we said before you get control over everything. You choose how much you're prepared to spend for each click. You also get to choose how much you spend each day. So if you go, if you right. go and set that too high and you do melt a credit card, it's, it's because it's your fault, not because Google were trying to steal your money or you know, one of those sort of myths that you hear online. Um, you're in charge of everything. But, yeah, the point is it's just a, a place to go for answers you can ask me i'm on there basically every day other than uh, the easter weekend that we've just had but mm -hmm. pretty much all the time and then we're also adding a whole bunch of uh, tools and these funky funky things called scripts which i think is the future of adwords but maybe more on that another day um we're adding mm -hmm. all of those resources as well into the member site so yeah ppcsavvy.com if you want to learn more about google adwords it's it's a good place to be sounds good let's touch on some of the common challenges people put forward when it comes to AdWords, one obviously is, you know, why should I pay for Google Ads? And my response to that would be, well, you're going to pay one way or the other. Mm -hmm. It's either, either you're paying dollars or you're paying time and attention, like you said. Are there any other main challenges that you've found people put forward when it comes to starting Google AdWords and how do they overcome them? The main one is, is the complexity, is just not knowing what to do. There are so I've mentioned that there's basically two halves of it, search and display. Within display, we have at the moment about nine different ways that we can um, target ads to your potential customers. And then obviously there's all the combinations of those things, like we can mix remarketing with YouTube. That gets really fun, but how on earth do you actually do that if you've never done either before? Mm. So yeah, the complexity of it would be the main challenge of just knowing where to start and then like I said the other part of it is is Google doesn't really tell you if you're doing it right or wrong if you know where to look there are subtle clues some more subtle than others say but they'll never actually say outright hey you're doing this wrong you need to do XYZ they'll just say mm. you can play the game you just need to pay more or you mm. can pay less if you know how to do that we're not going to actually force you to pay less if you want to keep paying us that kind of money you can but you don't need to because you're doing this this and this really really well that isn't ever overt it's all quite subtle in the way that's done inside the system so um, being able to sort of I suppose read the tea leaves a little bit and, and understand what's going on in the account that that's that's definitely a, a challenge and then just that that Gosh, the amount of, I think there were, I, I don't know this for a fact from Google, and I certainly haven't sat around and counted them, but I've um, heard from a couple of different places there were 400 changes to the Google AdWords system wow. last year. That's more than one a day, which is a bit ridiculous. Some are obviously bigger than others. Some are minor, minor changes, but some are pretty big. And just keeping mm. up with 
all of those changes, which are the important ones, which are the ones that matter for you, for your particular situation, and then how the hell do I make use of this particular feature or is, is this going to work? Yeah, that's definitely um, a challenge for, for many, many small businesses and that's, that's why we started PPC Zabby. Right. So actions that a listener can take to get started right away. One is go to ppcsavvy.com. That's a good one. Um, if, look, if you were going to start with, with, with one thing, I'll give you two, but if you're going to start with one, um, remarketing, I would start there. To do that, you need okay. to open a Google AdWords account. You need to go find some AdWords training. There's some great free training on the, on the Google AdWords Help Center. That's all completely free, or you can join something like PPC Savvy. Um, I believe we've even got... Mm-hmm. Um, blog posts on it at websavvy.com.au that some of them might be a little bit out of date though to be fair um, but you go and set up an AdWords account you go and figure out how to get this little piece of code out of your Google AdWords account and then you put that little piece of code on every page of your website and you start building these remarketing audiences they're known or lists same thing mm-hmm. so you start to build that audience even if you don't know what you're going to do yet or what ads you're going to show those people, if you just start to build that remarketing list today, then in three months when you come back to this, because I know everybody's busy and everybody's got better things to do right now, but when you get around to coming back to this in three months, it's like you've got this little radio station that's ready to be turned on and used at will. And depending on the size of your website and how much traffic you get through, you've got this little radio station of 5,000 people or 50,000 people or half a million people Mm. that you can now turn that on and start showing ads to all these people that have just been to your website but didn't do what you want them to do yet. And it's so much Mm -hmm. more fun to start with a little radio station of 20,000 people than to come back in three months' time and start at zero. So I would implore every business owner to to get remarketing code. And that can be AdWords or Facebook or both. Um, But I'd start Mm. with those two platforms. Um, obviously, I lean more towards the AdWords side. Um, I found it far more profitable for the vast majority of our of our clients. And uh, start with that. The other thing that I find is probably one of the most useful things is a relatively new change within AdWords. I think it was around about November last year, um, and that's tracking phone calls that happen once people get to your website. So you can show ads. You can right. show ads on mobile phones and so on, and that's always been easy to track because the person is on their mobile phone making the call. But AdWords will send a lot of people into your website. Not everybody wants to fill out a form. A lot of people would prefer to go to the Contact Us page or hopefully you've got the phone number in big, bold font, top right on every single page of your site. If you don't, that's an easy change to make to your website. But a lot of people are going to want to call that number and talk to someone. Tracking that has always presented a little bit of a problem and a little bit of expense because you've always had to pay for every minute that someone's on the phone call. That's how the, the, the call tracking companies make their money is per minute, just like a normal mobile phone plan or something like that. With the Google mm-hmm. system, it takes a little bit of code to implement, and we can certainly help people with that if that's what they want, but I'm not here to flog that service. Um, mm-hmm. takes a bit of code to implement, but you get a different phone number from Google, and then all of the traffic that comes to your website from Google AdWords, the, basically the number f- switches out, and you show the Google number instead of your normal number, and it and it, yes, and I've seen it just bounces through the Google system and then back to the normal phone number. So it's but Google cover the cost of everything. They'll give you the number for free and they'll cover the cost of the per minute phone calls. So the whole thing is free. And they're doing it because they know the more people use this, the more people that realize how valuable 
AdWords is. I mean, for some of our clients, they've just realized that AdWords actually brings them twice as many leads as they thought AdWords did. So that 10 grand a month is actually doing the job of 20 grand a month. And yeah, okay, AdWords is probably right. a bit more important than we thought, and maybe we should be investing a bit more in it. And maybe we'll start taking it seriously cool. now, Mike. Great. That's good. And Google understand that this is that data is, is hugely valuable. For us as an agency, it's fantastic. We're able, we're able to see, you know, even just sort of at a, at a finer detail than that, Here, here's a keyword that we didn't think was any good before, but actually it generated 10 phone calls last month. Nobody filled out a form, but it generated 10 calls. That's, that's pretty good. Let, let's keep that and actually yeah. let's, let's bid a bit more. Let, let's, let's go get even more traffic from that. And that's, that's the art and the science blended together. That's what we do on an ongoing basis is to dig through all of that data and, and find out where are those little bits of profit where are the bits that are hurting and losing money? Well, let's stop doing that and tip that money into the bits that make profit and just keep improving it and improving it and turn your turn your marketing from a from a slot machine into a vending machine, into something that's predictable. So you make it easy and you make it relevant. There, there you go. Good way to wrap it up. Lovely work. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. That brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you very much, Hash. Uh, absolute pleasure. When you decide to take your business to the next level through good quality business coaching and actionable online strategies, head over to ProductiveInsights.com and book a free 30-minute consultation with me. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comments section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?